And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. High in the air. Brito back at the wall. Adios, Pelota! That's the type of manager that I'd like to be, which is the same every day. They know what they're going to get. They're going to get energy. They're going to get accountability. They're going to get structure, and they're going to get support. And I'm going to bring those things to the dugout in the clubhouse regularly. It takes hard work, uh, and it takes humility, taking one step forward at a time, making one good baseball move after another. And I really feel like that's how we're going to get where we hope and intend to go. You're listening to Bags and Brisby on Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode... 134 of the Bags and Brisby podcast. I am Grant Brisby. I'm here with Andy Baggerly. Andy, 134. That's how many runs the Giants scored in the last game of the series in Cincinnati. Yeah, we've got the, this is a rare podcast record for us where it's kind of rapid reaction. The Giants game just ended uh, um, Thursday's game in Cincinnati, 19 to 4. And um, yeah, I think we're all kind of still processing what we saw and there was quite a lot to process. There was, and it's it's been kind of a, a running gag ever since I've been following the Giants that uh, the Giants avoid the sweep. And what that means is that every time the Giants have the chance to close out a sweep, it always feels like, oh, they dropped the last game of a three-game series or four-game series. And that's because sweeping a series is really, really hard to do. And... I was fully expecting there to be a little bit of a letdown today. I was thinking, okay, okay, Tyler Malley's hot. Johnny Cueto, you know, he's still kind of finding his sea legs after coming off the IL. Okay, I'm preparing myself. I'm girding myself for just a a dull 4-1 loss or something. Uh, Nope. (laughs) They were, that was as punishing of a performance as I've seen the Giants have in a long, long time. You were girding, I was augering. Um... (laughs) Yeah, that was just, I mean, at the end of the game, you had a position player issue a walk to a relief pitcher. Um, it was literally a pants-on-backwards game. Um, <laughs> Darren Ruff had a shot to uh, hit for the cycle, and he hit a double when he needed just the triple. And you could tell he looked at Kirk Casale, yeah. and Kirk Casale's coming around third, and he's like, no, there's no place for me to go. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, just a bonkers game. Steven Duggar hit a grand slam, and I don't, I can't remember the last time I saw a major league dugout look as happy for somebody as everybody in that dugout looked after Steven Duggar hit the grand slam that opened it up and made it an 8-0 game. And, you know, Gabe Kapler, even mentioned, he's one of the most well-liked guys in that clubhouse. Everybody really respects the work that he puts in and just what he's all about. Uh, he's just a good teammate. So you know, he just had a great road trip, and, and he's finally, um, you know, I think... Uh, getting some results that he's worked really, really hard to try to get for a long time. It's funny to remember that he was the opening day center fielder. He was the plan heading into 2020. Uh, He was going to be, you know, the guy who that was going to solidify the position for a while. You had his defense. You were going to live with whatever the offense provided, but it was probably going to be enough. And then, you know, poof, it's gone. And and he is now an afterthought on the the 20 
26-man roster, even the 40-man roster. And that's got, it was a real quick tumble when you put it like that. When it's, you know, you're starting at 2020 and you're one of the holdovers and the new regime's like, no, 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 we like this guy. We like what he can provide. And then injuries and poof. And he looks like the player they've been expecting him to be for quite some time. And he's he's only 27. It's not like he's 31 and, and going on 35. He's he's still relatively young. He's always had the defense. He's always had the athleticism. And it's good to see so far if it's going to hold up. I don't know. But it's good to see that he's the player that they've been expecting him to be for a couple years now. Yeah, he's one of those guys who is so good in center field that he doesn't have to be, you know, um, someone who hits high up in your order. He doesn't have to be one of your top offensive players to be someone who's really valuable on a major league roster. And, you know, the guy that I, I've always thought he was like, maybe a little bit wiry, maybe not quite as strong. But how about Steve Finley? I mean, that's always been for me a comp to, to Duggar, a guy who's just a really good athlete. He can play great center field. You know, Steve Finley, uh, the first year that he hit double-digit home runs, was 1994, the strike-shortened year, and he was 29. Um, so sometimes it just takes people a little bit of, uh, of time. But he wasn't a very good offensive player, really, until until uh, you know 90, the, the mid-90s. So, you know, when you start to think about that, okay, I'm not saying Stephen Duggar is going to have, you know, Steve Finley's career, but, you know, it's sometimes it just takes a little while. And there are examples right there in front of him with a Mike Yastrzemski, with an Alex Dickerson, with guys who've gotten their opportunities and then and then run with it. And in the Giants' case, they're kind of getting the best of both worlds. They go out and they get the Yastrzemskis and the Dickersons and other players who were blocked elsewhere. Maybe Mike Talkman uh, will, will turn into one of those players. And yet they haven't given up their own guys. I mean, Steven Duggar's not doing this for the Cincinnati Reds or the Rays or or the Diamondbacks. He's, he's doing this for the Giants. And so that's... Uh, the organization's got to feel good about that. Yeah, Steve. So what you're saying, and I've written it down here, so I'll, I'll get back to you in a couple of years. But when Steven Duggar's 41, he's going to be starting in center field for the Rockies. That That's what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, you know, it's funny. I, 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 I will never forget this because uh, he was not a giant for long. Steve Finley, in his grand tour of the National League West, was a giant as a 41-year-old in 2006. And I'll never forget walking into the clubhouse the visiting clubhouse at Coors Field, and there are a couple of really big uh, uh, black leather sofas. And it's Barry Bonds and Steve Finley, and they are just sunk into this couch, transfixed, watching the TV, and it was Celine Dion performing on Oprah. And I thought to myself, I am covering an old team. <laughs> they, they were into it. I mean, they were into it. Barry Bonds, big Celine Dion fan. Bet you didn't know that. I did not. No, this is uh, this is all good stuff. This I, mean, I had no idea. All all I knew about Finley is that he came over when he was forty one, and it was like, come on, what are you you're putting him out there in center field? And he was like pretty good out there. He he had a uh, a positive defensive war. Like he was a good defender. And I have no idea how that's even possible for a forty one year old uh, in or. Park or whatever in the heck it was called back then to be a plus defender, not just like an average or holding your own defender, 41 year old plus defender in center. That takes some skills that I can't even contemplate. Yeah. He also hit 246 and, and wasn't very good with the bat. I did have a few triples as I remember, but, um, uh, 12 triples. In fact, uh, yeah, that, I forgot about that. I think that did that tie Willie Mays's franchise record for a season. It might have, uh, as a 41 year old, uh, but, um, but offensively overall, it was not a good year for him. And I remember him saying over and over, if I just played more, if I just got more at bats, he had 481 plate 
appearances that year. But that, that's part of being a pro athlete is even when you don't really have it anymore, you have to kind of, you know, delude yourself a little bit in, into uh, believing that you do. And, and that that's part of what gets you to that level, I guess. But I, I'm sure we didn't anticipate talking about Steve Finley for, for 10 minutes on this podcast. But uh, but yeah, good memories. No, you know what? I will just one last thing on Steve Finley. He hit six home runs that year I, and five of them were against the Giants. That's weird. I don't know. I don't know how that, that works. Huh. Really? Wait, huh, what? I'm not following you. Because he hit a lot of home runs against the Giants in his career. See, it's a joke. It's uh, it's setting up something that actually can't possibly happen. It's, uh, I thought it was funny, Andy. Well, we almost made it through this without making a Wayne Franklin reference. Oh, no, I just did it. <laughs> and now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next, you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. All right, no, we are not here to talk about Steve Finley. We are here to talk about the Giants. And the last time we spoke, it was, uh, okay, they they won the last game in Pittsburgh, and they, they're doing okay considering they, they just boat raced the Reds. And I wasn't expecting that. They've traditionally had a really rough time in Cincinnati, if we're not including the 2012 NLDS. Uh, that's kind of been one of their houses of horrors. You got Coors Field, and then there's Great American Ballpark. Nothing really seems to work right there. I was expecting a, a tough, hard-fought series. Maybe they'll take two games and maybe they'll win the series by Gar. And they just looked like the better team yet again. Or should we get used to this? You know, everything that the Giants are doing well, the Reds are not doing well. Whether it's um, stolen base efficiency or pitches seen per plate appearance, or I mean, the Reds are scoring a lot of runs. But um, you, you start to look underneath the hood at a lot of uh, the the metrics and, and a lot of the data and. They're just not running a very tight ship this year, um, and and yeah, it's you know the Giants won three games that were pretty close games, six to three, four to two, four nothing, and then then obviously the Laffer. Um, but it just comes down to the starting pitching, man. Webb was fantastic, about as good as he's looked in the big leagues in, in the series opener. DeSclafani and Gosman are top 10 in just about every pitching category for starting pitchers, and both of them pitched great. And then Johnny obviously could do a five and diver with all those runs behind him. And the Giants will set up to have a well-rested bullpen and a whole lot of confidence going into the first series against the Dodgers. But it's all about the starting pitching. It just continues to be so consistent and so good. And, you know, the one thing is health. Can they stay healthy? And now we've got Webb on the injured list with the little shoulder issue that they think is just a minor thing. The fact Aaron Sanchez went to go see Dr. Elitrosh is probably not a great sign that he's going to be back anytime soon. So, you know, they're going to be TBA for the second game out of three against the Dodgers, and they may have to bullpen game it. I'm not sure what they're going to do, but that's going to be the big hurdle is, is can they stay healthy and stay consistent? Yeah, absolutely. It is. It, this is going to be the first time, most likely, that they, they've tried that depth beyond Logan Webb, where you have the five stars, where you you had Webb was originally the sixth starter uh, in in a lot of ways, and now you have to get to number seven, maybe number eight. You have to maybe think about a bullpen game. Uh, I would anticipate Connor Menez. I think that's how it lines up if they want to bring someone up from Sacramento. If they want to do a bullpen game, that makes a little sense. At the same time, I don't get the vibe that this is a bullpen game kind of team. They 
they're having troubles keeping their best relievers from being overworked or overused. And I, I just don't see this as, okay, you've got Berger with, with uh, two innings, you've got uh, Harlan Garcia for two innings, and, and we'll just make it up the next day. I just don't think they would want to do that. Am, am I reading too much into it? No, I agree with you. They, they really don't have the Guillermo Moda, you know, Yusmiro Petit type long guy in this bullpen that, that you can just throw out there and, and you're going to get you know, really crisp, efficient 12 pitch innings and, and they'll, they'll get you back in the dugout. They, they just don't have someone like that. And, you know, they, they've got Tyler Beattie coming up pretty soon. I think that we're going to see him probably the first week of June. Um, but, you know, obviously they, they, that doesn't time out to help them right now. Um, so there is more depth. It's just not available to them at the moment. So, you know, whatever they do, I, it, it would be a 40 man squeeze to get Scott Casimir up or, or somebody else who's, who's not on the 40 man. Uh, but, um, so yeah, that's why I think Menez is probably the best guess, uh, just because they they have the forty man and optional flexibility to make that move. Um, I also think after Camilo Duvall had another rough one uh, against the Reds, that that maybe I wouldn't be surprised if if uh, you know they they trade him out for another fresh arm as well. Uh, it's just just hard to see him being put in meaningful innings anytime against the Dodgers. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that too. Yeah, I'm fully anticipating that. Uh, just because, look, he hadn't pitched above high A last year. This was always going to be a stretch. They've given him ample opportunities. You can see the talent. You can see what they're trying to do. And I applaud the, you know, Gabe Kapler throwing him out there in high leverage situations. It drove some people nuts. For me, it was like, no, no, let's see if, let's see if this works because the potential rewards are off the charts i just it, it didn't work I, he needs a, a lot more seasoning the command isn't there uh the, the deception isn't quite what it what we might have been expecting you you can't really have him on there and now it's it, it, are you bringing up Kervin castor who's struggling in a very similar way or is this are we going to see trevor hildenberger and that's the first time i've said that name out loud <laughs> Yeah, um, which we should explain. He is on the Giants' forty-man roster, um, as and you uh, wrote a very nice um, uh, summary of, of just what he's all about. I, I mean, I think you left out his parents' names, but other than that, um, <laughs> you know what, what his what his uh, major was in college. But um, yeah, it's it's he's another guy who's a little bit different, gives you a different look, and, and, and obviously has struggled a little bit lately. But there's something to work with there, um, and. Uh, yeah, it could be. Who knows? I mean, if, if they think that there's a matchup uh, that, they, that, that they'd like to exploit. I mean, I, I do think that we saw it last year. They did more roster scheming uh, to prepare for and, and lining up pitchers to prepare for the Dodgers than anybody else. And maybe, maybe that's not going to be as much of a factor this year because it's a 162-game season. In a 60-game season, it almost felt like every series was kind of life, life and death. Um, but, uh, you know, so maybe they won't be super hyper focused on, on, um, you know, uh, making roster moves to tailor every advantage they possibly can get against the Dodgers this time. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's going to be a great test. And, and I think in a lot of ways, even though, um, the Dodgers, Padres and Giants are one, two, three in the National League and run differential, even though the Giants have led the division for close to a month now, even though they just boat race the Reds, like you said, I don't think until they take a series from the Dodgers that people around the country 
are going to start looking at this team seriously as like, whoa, you know what? We, we really do need to see if the Giants are legit. And that's fair enough. And it is, you know, this isn't quite the Dodgers team you uh, might have been expecting before opening day started because they, they've been like every other team in baseball, seemingly ravaged by in, uh, injuries. You have Corey Seager out now with a broken hand. He got hit by a pitch. AJ Pollock is out. Cody Bellinger, Cody Bellinger is still out. Uh, Dustin May, Tommy John surgeries out for the season. It's it's a dinged up team. Every team is dinged up, but this is a, a, a Dodgers team that is not. Look, they still have a lot of good hitters, but once you get past the middle of the order, it's not like every guy is just another uh, right cross and a uppercut from the left. It, it's just it's a different different team. At the same time, every starting pitcher they throw out there is still excellent. So it's it's almost, you know, the Giants are doing it and you've got Disclefani and, and Wood and, and some surprises. The Dodgers are doing it with Kershaw, Bauer, Bueller, uh, and that's, you expect that. That's what that's what the Dodgers do. So they're still the really strong team, even when they're dinged up. Yeah, Chris Taylor's having a great year. I didn't realize until I looked at the stats today just what kind of year he's having. Um, you know, what one guy who just seemed like he was a total thorn uh, for the Giants was Kike Hernandez, and he's you know off in Boston now, so not having to deal with him has got to be a, a nice plus. Um, you know, Jock Peterson, the guy who come up came up with some big hits. Uh, definitely, you could pitch him, but uh, there were places you could pitch to him. But but he, he also seemed to come up with a lot of big hits against the Giants, at least anecdotally. So um, yeah, I think that that you know those guys aren't part of the equation anymore, and and uh, you know even uh, uh, McKinstry, who was having a really nice start for them, he he's been hurt too. So. Um, but, you know, it's, I think it's it's a similar challenge to what we saw when they lined up against the Padres and knew they'd have to go through Darvish, Snell, and, and, and Musgrove. I mean, it's it's really daunting to have to take on uh, Bauer, Bueller, and, and I, it's Urias who's pitching the third game. So, you know, when would you ever look at the Dodgers and say, wow, gosh, I, I almost wish they would face Clayton Kershaw instead of one of those three guys. I mean, it's sort of a, a bizarro world right now, but... Um, yeah, it's 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 the same thing as as the Padres series. It's like you know we got to go in there and feel like we got a chance to put up good at bats and beat these guys, and and um, and that's what it's going to take. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream Directv satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on Directv with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on Directv makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. Direct TV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. One difference that I see between the Dodgers and the Padres uh, is in the bullpen. And the Dodgers are getting good performances from a lot of uh, pitchers in their bullpen, whether it's Blake Trinan, uh, Jimmy Nelson's having kind of a resurgent year, Victor Gonzalez, uh, Kenley Jansen. But they're, the way they're doing it is a little funky, where a lot of these guys are giving up a ton of walks. And, and they're the ones that are grinding out these at-bats. And it seems as if that's a little bit better fit for the Giants as opposed to you're not going to grind down Mark Melanson the way he's pitching right now. You know, it's just you can't just wait for him to make a mistake. He's too good right now. He's too polished. Whereas if, if you're facing a pitcher or a bullpen where the pitchers are having troubles with walks and finding the, the strike zone, 
it would seem that favors the Giants just a tiny bit over what the Padres are featuring. Yeah, I, th- I would agree with that. I mean, if, if you're facing a, a Melanson who is going to carve you up and he's going to be around the plate and you got to be ready to swing at strike one because it's probably going to be in the zone, but he flips that curveball in there, that's a, a pitch that's probably going to have an opponent's average of like a buck 20 on, uh, then he's kind of got you from the get-go. Um, but if you can eliminate pitches and you can, you know, take that first pitch with kind of impunity and, and, and not really worry about having a hit from behind in the count because, you know, guy doesn't always know where it's going. Yeah, this is, I mean, we saw it up and down the lineup uh, today in Cincinnati. I mean, this is just a team that is taking good plate appearances and, and they're, they're being more disciplined within uh, not just the strike zone, but in areas where they can do damage. And, you know, they've talked about that time and time again. Brandon Crawford is on pace for 40 home runs and 106 RBIs. I mean, good for Brandon Crawford. And he came within, I think, about maybe 10 feet of hitting another three-run homer uh, off a position player that would have given him a 9-RBI game. Uh, and, and no uh, Giant has had a 9-RBI game since since Phil Weintraub in 1944. So, um, I mean, yeah, it's they've, they've got guys who are just having good approaches. And they're swinging with intent to do damage, and they are. I feel a little dizzy because the season is is a third over now, a little bit more than a third over. And it feels like it was just a week ago that I was struggling to you know, dig through all these nerd stats and, and figure out what's wrong with the Giants offense. Well, before today's game, uh, they were third in the National League in adjusted OPS. Uh, like they had already climbed up to be one of the top three teams in adjusted OPS, which takes park factors into account. After today, I'm assuming they'll shoot up even more, maybe as high as second, because this was a, a an offensive outburst that can really affect a, even a season's worth of statistics. Uh, are are you comfortable saying that this lineup is like I don't know, fixed is the right word, but the lineup going forward will continue to be an asset like we had expected before the season started? Well, I think you're seeing some good signs. I mean, one is Alex Dickerson. You know, he started to, to to get a little hot on the road trip, and we saw it even as far back as 2019. That when when he gets going, he's the kind of guy who can carry a whole offense by himself almost, and uh, and we still haven't seen him break out. Um, you know, they're, they're doing it with uh, Wilmer Flores now hit the injured list, and he was just starting to come around. But uh, Yastrzemski's healthy again. Uh, they hope that Brandon Belt will be healthy and, and back on the field against the Dodgers. I mean, they're, they've been missing a lot of pieces here and there. Um, so, But it's not a lineup that was built with uh, the idea of continuity in mind. And so if they were, then I think that it'd be a bigger problem that, you know, Tommy Listella's on the 60-day injured list or, or, or belts out for a series or what have you. But, boy, they've just found a way to just roll with whoever's available. And, um, and yeah, I don't think you can argue with the results because other than, you know, Buster Posey hitting 380 and, and Brandon Crawford, you know, on a 40-home run pace, it's hard to really point to anybody else and say, oh, you're playing out of your mind. You know, you're a regression candidate with a capital R. It, 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 you feel like there's more in there. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I would, I, But I'm also just baffled, not necessarily by Posey. I think we were seeing something different last uh, February, last March, I should say. Before before the shutdown, Posey looked good in the Cactus League. It was it was a different sort of healthier. His hip was, was right. The swing looked right. He was hitting to all fields and he he said, aha, maybe this is the year. Okay, so now we're seeing it. And, you know, he's probably not going to have an 1100 OPS all year, but he, he's a plus offensive player. 
Crawford, even with his career high in slugging percentage last year, I'm not sure I saw this coming. I mean, this is, it's like he's taking it to another level. He's 34 years old. I thought we had seen like all the surprises he had in his bag. I really thought last year, you know, oh, in a 60 game season, he had a career high slugging percentage. You know, that rascal, it's, he's even better. And what is this about? I mean, I wonder if part of it is, you know, Crawford is one of those guys who maybe not too much unlike Jock Peterson, where you had places you could pitch him, especially if you're a lefty, you had that that slider that's got really good, you know, glove side run, and 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 you can throw it off the plate and and, and uh, you know make him reach for it. Um, there were times you could bust him in. You can't really do that right now because he's opened up his stance so far. But I, I wonder if part of it is pitchers just aren't very good at hitting spots. You know, Brendan Crawford can hit a quality fastball. He can hit something that's in the zone, and um, you know he's 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 been healthy and and. Uh, um, and, and I think he's kind of maybe um, fixed some of the holes in his swing a little bit, and maybe pitchers aren't quite as good at, at exploiting, a, a, you know, a guy who's got some pretty clear uh, hot and cold zones. I don't know. I, I'm just sort of spitballing, but uh, whatever it is, we, we came out. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you what it is, actually. Uh, we came out with our, our tiers um, article ranking the free agent shortstops, and Brandon Crawford was put in like the fourth tier or something. So that probably hacked him off, and that's why he's doing what he's doing. <laughs> Well, it's a funny thing because you look around at, I was of the opinion that when the Giants entered the the offseason after, after this year, they were going to pat Crawford on the back, give him a gold watch and say, you know, we're going to go out and use all of our money to get one of these uh, fancy nine-figure shortstops like a Corey Seager, like a Trevor Story, Carlos Correa, Javier Baez. Uh, at one point, Francisco Lindor was, was going to be among the, the candidates. I thought it was a guarantee the Giants were going to get one of those guys. And now it almost feels like the smart baseball play is not to throw nine figures at one of those guys, but to go year to year or a two-year deal with someone like Crawford. Like As in, if Crawford were on the Pirates doing this right now, the Giants would still be wise to target him. It just, it's nice that he's in the organization, grew up a Giants fan. All that fluffy stuff is great, uh, but he just makes baseball sense right now in a way I could not have anticipated before the season. Yeah, and you know, we're, we're in, um, you know, the latter half of May, so a lot can happen between now and the end of the season, obviously. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think I get asked this every time I'm on with Murph and Mac or, or, or Greg Papa and KNBR. You know, it's, it's handicap Belt Crawford or Posey, who, who comes back and, 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 and why. And we just can't answer those questions right now. There's mm-hmm. too much that is going to happen. Um, but the stock answer I've given is, generally speaking, the better they play, the better the chances are that they come back. So, um, and I think that that I don't really see any reason to kind of change my thought on that. And the fact that Brandon Crawford is playing the way he is, I think, um, you know, yeah, it, 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 he's 34. He's not going to get a five-year contract from somewhere. Um you know, so I, I think the Giants, if they are interested in him, it would be on a shorter term deal. And that probably would be, you know, uh, what he would get elsewhere. So um, I, I, there's a lot that seems to be steering him into coming back. But, you know, we've got a long way to go still. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events 
the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Uh, I'm going to really draw out an analogy here. And it is when I was a kid, I was about eight or nine, I had Christmas money and I went to the mall with my mom and my whole goal. And I told her this leading the weeks up to Christmas. When I get Christmas money, I'm going to buy baseball stars for the Nintendo. That was the only game I wanted. I was going to buy baseball stars. I get there. I get to whatever store was selling video games. They don't have baseball cards or baseball stars. And so at this moment, I've got $50 burning a hole in my pocket and I go, ah, OK, I'll get Friday the 13th in like just a terrible Nintendo game. I come back and I've got Friday the 13th. I had to spend that money. Absolutely had to. And I just don't feel like the Giants operate like that. I just don't feel like they're going to go into this offseason and go, ah, we need a star. Uh, Freddie Freeman, uh, Carlos Correa. Oh, oh, gosh. Oh, they're both gone. OK, OK. Throwing the money at Zach Granke or something like that. It's just it's got to be the right fit no matter what. And if it's not the right fit, well, they'll wait to next offseason or they'll they'll be active on the trade market. They are going to approach this offseason much differently than I would, because I would just go out there and buy yeah, Freddie Freeman or Carlos Correa or whoever. I don't think they operate like that. So my analogy would be to old school Wheel of Fortune. For you kids out there, you don't remember. <laughs> you didn't just solve the puzzle and woo, Pat comes over and, and, and shows the shiny dollar amount underneath and it's onto the next puzzle. Oh, no, no. You went shopping with that money. You didn't win $2,700. <laughs> you won $2,700 worth of credit because the, the showroom would flip around and you saw like there was a pool table with, with yes. red felt. That's what I always wanted. Um, you know, there'd be, you know, dining sets and boring adult stuff and, you know, things like that. <laughs> Curio cabinets. And then at the very end, you'd have, you know, like like 150 bucks left and there was always the giant ceramic Dalmatian and that was the cheapest thing and people would buy it. And I would be like, why? No! Don't buy the ceramic Dalmatian. You can get the rest as a service merchandise gift certificate. Just, in fact, just get the whole thing as a service merchandise gift certificate. I don't want this crap. I'll just take the gift certificate but uh, anyway i digress the the you had to spend the money it was it was use it or lose it and that's not the the way that the giants are going to have to go about this next offseason i do think that there are there've been a lot of times when this franchise has been star addicted and you know that's what they were thinking um, when they were going after bryce harper giancarlo stanton they wanted you know a capital d drawing card but the better your team plays and if you're winning Winning baseball is its own drawing card, and I don't. I think the the pressure, even though we know that the marketing influence and the Larry Berry influence isn't quite what it was, and we know that Farhan Zaidi is not going to be pressured from ownership to go out and get stars, um, even if that wasn't the setup, I think that the pressure would be lessened on this front office to get drawing card type players when you're winning. I mean, winning is is the best drawing card there is. Service merchandise. My gosh, I was not expecting to hear those two words in conjunction today. No, you you are you're absolutely right. It's it, winning will take care of a lot of that. If they're winning with Alex Wood and Anthony Desclafani, uh, it it becomes easier to say we're just going to do that again. Don't you trust us? It's going to be there's going to be less of a oh gosh oh gosh we need Justin Verlander you know or something like that. Uh, so I, I agree with that. I mean I I think that there are a lot of interesting 
free agents coming up. The Giants have a ton of budget maneuvering that they will be able to do. At the same time, if they continue winning like this, they can do whatever they want. And I, I know I will just sort of sit back and go, okay, that makes sense to me. You know, I'm just a dummy. Why would I argue with that? And, and that's going to go a long way for them. Yeah. And, and you know, it's they have to sustain this. And, and I, I think that uh, um, it's going to be a successful season if they can. We were thinking, what would be a successful season? Well, Finishing above 500 and not being the first Giants team ever to be the you know have five years in a row where they finish under 500 that would be that would be a success. Well, now they're kind of raising the bar a little bit, and um, you you talk to people in that clubhouse, and there there's a lot of confidence. There's a lot of confidence that that they are going to um, you know be able to continue to crank out series wins and and be a factor in this division the whole way. Um, I think that everybody around. The league might be just waiting for them to slip, but you know, as, as long as that starting rotation keeps uh, churning out consistent starts, I, I I don't see that slippage happening. All right, well, Giants Dodgers play their first series of the year. Uh, I'm not going to make any predictions, uh, but I want you to promise me that we will all overreact to this. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and then we'll go to service merchandise and, and do some panic shopping. I just, it, it, this is just so loaded of a series. It's just, you know, the expectations could not be higher. The fact that you had to wait two months, it's not like you, this is the first week of the season and it's Giants and Dodgers and the, the Giants won the first series of the year. Haha, ha, now they're hot. No, this is like weighted. Like this, this series has a lot of expectations built into it. And even though we're only a third of the way through the season, I don't remember a Giants-Dodgers series feeling like this in years what since like 2016 yeah yeah and, and it'll be seven out of nine against them because they'll you know they go to arizona for two and then and then they go to dodger stadium where alex wood and jake mcgee will finally get their world series rings oh my gosh i wonder do they have like a big diamond asterisk in the rings <laughs> yeah maybe yeah it's like like uh um but you know what? Hey, hey, Juan Uribe picked up his his World Series ring wearing a Dodger uniform. Brian Wilson got his World Series ring wearing a Dodger uniform. So you know we can we can uh, we can deal with the the reverse of that. A long tradition. All right. Well, we will be back on Monday to dis- determine or to talk about what the Giants did against the Dodgers. Uh, I am looking forward to this series, and I'm looking forward to seeing you on Friday. We're actually going to see each other in person for the first time in a few months. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish you'd kept your COVID hair. I was 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 going to yank your ponytail, but. Um... <laughs> Uh, no, I am clean cut. Uh, my daughters think I look weird now, which is <laughs> kind of an example of how long this last year has been. They're like, you look weird. And I look like a, a freaking accountant. And I'm so happy to look like an accountant. So uh, anyway, we will we will see each other on Friday, but we'll see you, the listener, on Monday. Uh, thanks so much for listening. See you then. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.